welcome to another episode of Made in India that features some major Mallu bonding. Let me explain. Today, I've got singer-songwriter, producer, and educator Shilpa Anand, who joins me all the way from Dubai. Her music seamlessly melds together R&B, soul, jazz, as well as her own Carnatic stylings. Though I would hate to use the word fusion, if you know what I mean, but she definitely redefines that genre in a whole new way. We of course bond over being Malus in the Gulf, and she takes me through her journey as an artist, navigating Desi parents, complicated work visas, and fear. Which also happens to be the name of her latest single that I'm playing for you later on in the show. So there's one thing we definitely bond over, which is uh, being South Indian sisters in the Middle East. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, absolutely. You get it with the Gulf, Gulf Malayalis, <laughs> full on Gulfies, and you know we. I mean, I. But you were you were born in the Middle East and lived there, or yeah, I was, I was born and brought up in Dubai. So born here, uh, lived here for seventeen years, and then moved out, and then now I'm back. ஒரும்பிக்கும் <laughs> Carnatic bhajans and and just like uh, even film music, it, so much of that, like just all forms of music, but from India, that was a huge part of my childhood and upbringing. And then at the age of like I guess fourteen, thirteen, fourteen at that time, my brother, whatever he was, he's my older brother, Suraj. He uh, is like five and a half years older than me. So whatever he was listening to, I started listening to, and he was blasting rock and pop and soul and R and B and jazz in the house, and so. everything that he was into i'm like oh he's cool i should also be cool like you know like him. <laughs> so yeah you know so like a lot of his influences became mine and influence corruption whatever you want to all all bit the same thing basically at this point <laughs> and uh, and at that point was when i was like okay like i started you know through his taste then i started changing and started you know experimenting and listening to dido nora jones erica badu and then through that i started listening to Ella Fitzgerald and uh Nina Simone and Edda James and so slowly slowly I started uh, picking up these different voices and I was like wow like okay if these people have a place in the music world at that point I was still kind of not sure if I had any talent or kind of feeling like I didn't really belong in the singing or music world just because I felt like my voice is in that kind of lower space and what is soprano is was considered as you know worthy or highly professional talent kind of thing that i think was the pivotal like turning point where i i felt like okay 
I should get more serious about my singing skills and and actually so learning by ear of course Indian music so much classical music is learning by ear so this was like the extension of that and then I started competing in school competitions and national level competitions here in Dubai Did competitions then, yeah girl like competitions like you have to get into all these competitions like it just like all these solo vocal yeah. western vocals like you know and I was all over the place and then it was like it was, it was good because it made me realize like how much i yeah. wanted it i wanted to study music as soon as i got out of high school but at that point you know just you know my family still lives in dubai and for them it was uh, a huge thing to negotiate as well as navigate just me wanting to do music so at that time they were like no 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 you're not going to be doing this like you please go do something else like normal human and you get a backup plan like plan b you do and then we'll see after that you know who knows maybe i'm also coming from a place of immaturity so i decided like they wanted me to stay and study on in dubai itself and i was like no 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 i'm going to go to india I'm going to connect with my roots. I'll go to Bangalore. I'm going to study there. I'm going to live by myself. I'm going to see who I am and and if I can handle myself in India, then I know I can go to the US. I, I know I can handle myself anywhere. After I graduated from Mount Carmel, which is where I went in Bangalore, that was when I was like, okay, okay, I've been doing the music. I've got my education down in terms of this I studied uh, journalism and psychology and I was very happy. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like I I did what I needed to do, but what is my next step and where can I go to do this? And at that time my brother was like, "Shubhs, do you know uh, Berkeley from Boston? They're coming all the way to India. They're on this world tour audition. They're auditioning students in China. This they're coming to India. So why don't you just anyway, you're not going to be able to go all the way to Boston just to audition. So why don't you just apply?" And literally it was like tomorrow was the deadline and I found out today. So I sat, I did the essays, I applied, I sent in all like at that time it was like CDs. So I was sending in like my music as a CD and like then I did the audition in Bombay and basically didn't have any expectations at that point. I'm like, okay, let them let them deny me, no problem. I'll go do this and see what happens. And that was when I found out like a month later that I got accepted as well as got in with scholarship. and i was like okay so, so this good. is an ultimate sign and then it took my parents a while to get used to it and understand and why to, is scholarship to, to god no yeah but still it's it's like this whole like okay like um, you know going to the us is like full corruption like you know at least before it was like half corruption now it's like complete uh, complete corruption so like So they were like, "Hmm, should we get her married?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is this is the excuse. This is like the thing they use oh, for everything, excellent. dude. Like, oh you know, this is they like they control. Like, you know, like should we get her married? Because you know, once she goes to the US, that's it. She'll never do anything. Like, full on. She won't like, get just, married. She won't yeah. do anything. Yeah, they'll yeah, they'll yeah. need change. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's like that kaiyuttu boy. Like that'll yeah. be like we'll just lose lose hold on her. Like that's the literal translation. Like you know. So I was like, guys, like please. I mean, I don't know. Like I've always Have some been face. Like in you, yeah. Trust, you know. Like we believe in this. Like for them, especially they're super religious, and um, you know. And in that sense, I'm like, see, if you believe in this like higher power, and you don't even haven't even seen this person, but you just believe, then why can't you believe in a human being like your own child? You know. <laughs> what is this like blind faith but this hypocrisy you know yeah i mean even though you and your heart of hearts know exactly what you want to do it is also a realization for them 
So, you know what we're talking about, you and I found out that your EP that you released in 2015 called Indian Soul, your band name was S.A., which is anyway your, I guess, your initials, but it is also the S.A. Yes, the first and last note of the scale. <laughs> you see, I think of everything. <laughs> You should be a whole spiritual guru. Ah? I'm telling guru. you. I'm telling you. That is my path. It's eventually where I'm going to end up the way I'm going. <laughs> so the reason actually I'm so excited that you're on the show, you have a new single that you've put out called Fear, which honestly blew me out of the water. You know, your Carnatic roots and your own vocal style, you've melded it in a way that... I it's like I can't there's like no way of me separating the two at all. It's like there's something in your voice that it's so like deeply intertwined that you know like you can hear when someone is doing like an alab and you can hear when someone's doing like a jazz cat. Like you can hear the difference with your vocals on this. I can't take out one from the other at all. It's so interesting. So, can you tell us a little bit about what the song is about and sort of this particular vocal style of yours? 100%. So for me it's definitely been a journey to this because having studied Carnatic and then also I'm still continuing with that as well as an adult I got back into my lessons with my guru in India and at the same time having gone to Berkeley and studying these different styles of uh, jazz and R&B soul once I graduated and moved to New York I was at this this kind of point where I'm like okay who do I want to be because I can't market myself as a jazz singer I can't market myself as an indian singer or you know what i'm saying indian song singer or whatever and then it becomes like i'm in a niche space myself so it was a lot of choices i had to make and a lot of in a way sacrifice because i wasn't willing to sacrifice that sound and my style my signature it came from like wanting to meld these cultures especially i grew up in in the uae but i'm indian and my identity is definitely rooted in like the fact that i'm indian and then the fact that i've studied these different styles and lived in the us so that was what led me to writing indian soul and from there i feel through the years between 2000 like 14 which is when i started writing those songs though i put it out in 2015 and then to now 2021 fear was like a natural kind of extension of my writing style because i've now decided like i am all of these these are all the voices that are in my head so i'm going to channel all of them into my voice and bring out this style that is a mix a thali of like all of these flavors of east and west and fear came from a place of actual fear because at that point i i mean i was in new york and it was 2019 i was going through a space and stage of suffering because i was just like i've been here now close to 5 years and i'm doing everything i can but it's like new york is a very tough city it's a tough city because once you're like there it feels as though you're working almost just to live just to survive just to be in new york but you're actually as an artist not getting as much unless you're like okay i'm going to work all day and then stay up all night and i'm just going to do this every day and that's what i was doing and i and i burnt out quickly so i had to that's why there's a bit of a gap between my because it everything if you're doing it by yourself there's that it takes time to push things out and you just no space to be creative or inspired after like working nine jobs and you come home and you're like I'm hustling so hard just to live in New York and I'm not even experiencing New York I'm really just like going to all these jobs and coming back and then trying to now write something or trying to squeeze a little bit of like 
creativity out of me before I die on my bed, you know? And, you know, I think it's also this comparison culture. We're on social media and our parents are also unintentional maybe, but there's this pressure of like, look at your cousins, look at your friends. Everyone's getting married. Everyone's having babies. Everyone's buying a house or a car and like moving on. And what are you doing, you know? And where are you? And, uh, and how long will you keep doing this? Like, it's like they still don't understand this is like my, this is my life. They're waiting for me to grow up and grow into these other milestones, you know. So at that point, I was like, maybe I need to change my career path. Maybe I need to figure something else out. I have this other degree. Maybe I need to look into uh, journalism, media communications and psychology. And the thing is in the US, like when you're there... Uh, you are always on this like timeline because I at that point was I'm still on this thing called an artist visa but it's every three years and every three years you need to renew it and you need to show them what you've done in the past three years and what you're going to do in the next three years and how much you're going to make all the contracts like you need to show them like my application was seven kilos you know like weight what? what I sent them yeah because that's how much paperwork I needed to show them to show that like I'm worthy of this visa to be this extraordinary alien, you know, that's what it's called. O1 visa, artist with extraordinary capability. I've been renewing it every three years. But when you're in that mentality, you're like also like, oh my God, time is going and I need to like be making all these moves. And so there's just a lot of pressure. And at that point, I was like, what do I want? And as it always happens, like every time I'm about to give up, but a part of me that is also just like music came through and was like, okay, you know what? Before you give it all up, before you decide this is not for you or you move back or you change your career or whatever, why not write one more song? Just write one more song. And after that, you give it all up. Like, just do one more. And at that point, it just happened that I was like so down that it just came out as a melody. And literally the first words were like, I've come so far yet I'm nowhere. Those were the first lines that came to me. And that's the beginning line of the song. And that's how fear was was born. And then... After writing that, I was just filled with so much energy. Then that gave me the idea to create this into this album called Reproduction. And at that point, I was like, well, there's so much pressure as a woman, as a single woman, um, as a 31-year-old to be like, you're not married, you don't have kids. Like, and what are you doing? And how do you think that like, this is enough? You know, this constant thing of like, you're not enough, that your career is not going to fulfill you and that you need to be thinking about your next moves before your eggs dry up or whatever. And I think that was where reproduction came because I'm like, dude, like you don't need to be all those roles in order to be called a mother. Like I am a mother just by the fact that I'm creating music and putting out these are my babies. You know, this is this is how I find fulfillment. If those other things also happen, great. But that's not what I'm going to chase to find happiness. I'm already happy. And I'm already settled. And this is my way of saying, like, this is a, another form of reproduction. It doesn't have to be like, that is the only way. And that is that. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to tell the world about fear. And I'm so glad that you got a chance to be with us on the show. So thank you so much, Shilpa, for your music. Thank you. And thank you. I'm excited to hear reproduction. Yes, it's coming out next year. There's going to be more uh, singles being released in the time being. So new new things coming up please be on the lookout well i'm fully thrilled to check out shilpa's record reproduction next year for now here's the new single from her album but before that a quick reminder to subscribe follow rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice because it really helps people find made in india and we'd be like so grateful also, keep up with us and what we're up to on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I also can't believe 
We're already in December. And as we're winding up for the year, across this whole month, I'm going to be looking back at some older episodes of the show. I hope you can join me as I take a walk down Made in India memory lane. Until then, I bid you farewell with this song, Fear, by Shilpa Anand. Can anybody hear?